Well, good morning. It's good, good to have everyone tuned in to us. So, we hope you're hearing us or hearing me uh, loud and clear today. So, uh, if you have your Bible with you, we're going to just go ahead and get started in the Word. Turn over to Malachi chapter three. We're going to do a little bit of review in chapter three, and then we will just continue on with what we've been doing in the past few weeks. So again, uh, we saw some messengers in the book of Malachi. We saw Malachi himself in, in chapter 1 and verse 1. We saw the righteous priest, which there were not many of those taking place in Malachi. In chapter 2 and verse 7, we saw John the Baptist last week in chapter 3, verse 1, and also Christ as the messenger to the new covenant. Last week we also looked at the words, the Lord, uh, capital L and then O-R-D, that the meaning of that word in our Bible is coming from the word for God, which means Adonai, or specifically ruler in the world or the Messiah. And then we saw the Lord of hosts, all capitals, but the ORD was small capitals behind the large capital L, and that being a reference to Jehovah, the God of the Old Testament, the I Am of the Old Testament, not the I Am in the New Testament. So again, as we continue on down chapter 3 today, we're going to see that this is a response to the priest from their questions in chapter 2. Specifically, their question in chapter 17 that says, Where is the God of judgment? And so God is replying to them through Malachi uh, right in chapter 3. And specifically, he's basically telling them, Well, he's coming. We saw that last week, and that when he comes, that he will purify, that he will purge, and specifically he will purify and purge the sons of Levi, the priest. And not only that, that when Christ comes, and when he actually sets down on uh, in Jerusalem, that he will not only purge them and cleanse them and wash them up, but that they will also be judged. And at some point, all the priests, all the people in Israel from the very beginning, with Aaron all the way down to the priests that will be uh, in Israel right before the second coming, will be judged. We saw last week that there are five groups that would be judged, and we know in the Bible that five is usually a, a number that refers to uh, death or, or something, some form of judgment. So again, that number five pops up. And then we saw verse six of last week that says, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So it's a great blessing to realize that the Lord does not change. His promises are still in force. His mercy and long sufferings are still at work. And His judgment is still there and still coming. His plan for the earth His plan for His people, Old Testament and New, is still on track. The rapture will soon take place. The tribulation will follow. And He will return and set up His kingdom. Now, life as we know it is really a test. And just when we think we've lived through everything in our life, here's something new comes along. And so this virus thing has everybody in a stir. But but, uh, we shouldn't panic because the Lord is still in charge. 
And He's still the Lord. The Great Commission is still there. And His promises are still in force. And that is a great comfort to all of us. And to that I say, Alleluia. And by the way, Alleluia is two words in the Hebrew, which translated into our Bible is, Praise Jehovah. So again, we see that, we only see that word, Alleluia, in the book of Revelation, and is a reference to uh, Jehovah. Uh, again, ties into what we've seen last week where you've got uh, the different names of God and, and you've got the Lord, you've got the Messiah, you've got Jesus Christ and all these are tied together. So if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and start chapter 3. Let's start in verse 6 and go down to verse 11. Verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and ye have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you and we see the truth in the book of Malachi and what's taking place in the book of Malachi, Lord. And we realize that even in our own time, we see these same things in our life. And Lord, I pray today that we can learn from your word, that we can see just how important every book in your, in your Bible is and how it really does apply to us, that it has uh, a, a, a history that is past, future, and, and uh, even taking place now, Lord. But Lord, help us to learn from your word. Help us to learn from the mistakes and, and the sins and the things that the people have done in the past. And, and Lord, help us not to, to continue to do those, but in our life, help us to learn from their mistakes and do what's right in your eyes. So I pray for the people that are listening this morning. I pray that you would give us the words that we need to say to the people around around us, to give them some hope, to give them some peace, and to be an example and a witness for Jesus Christ. And I pray for the service today. Give me the words to say through the rest of this message. Pray for Pastor Brian as he as he preaches this, the main service today. Lord, help us to hear what he has to say and help us to live it out in our lives, Lord. And we just ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So first of all, in verse 7 here, the Lord is pleading with the the Jews here. He's pleading with the priests, the Levites, and specifically the, the people of the land. And he says, return unto me, and I will return to you. And in verse 7, he says, Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances, have not kept them. Again, return unto me, and I return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. 
And so he's telling them, this is nothing new. Your fathers were not perfect. They did not obey me all the time. In fact, you know, the Jews have been a hard, uh, a stiff-necked and hardened people from all the way back. He says, so, you know, I'm not telling you anything different than I did your fathers. Return to me, do what's right, and I will bless you. So, first of all, he says, return unto me. And again, the answer. And in verse 7, he and says, But ye said, Wherein shall we return? So even through all this, the priests are, are basically telling God back, you know, the things you're telling us, God, are, are really not so. And yet the Lord says, Yes, you know, consider your ways, what you're doing. You're not following me. You've got to return unto me. And then when you do, I'll return unto you. So we see that it's an attitude problem that they have. But in verse 8, not only does he tell them to return to me, he says, don't rob me. Verse 8 says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? And God replies back in tithes and offerings. Here God beats them back to their own response. And basically he knows what they're going to say ahead of what they say. And he says, he just replies to them. He goes, you're going to tell me, you know, how have we been robbing you? Well, let me tell you. In tithes and offerings. As a result of not being obedient to God in the tithes and offerings, they were cursed. Now we saw that back in Malachi chapter 2. And verse 2, in fact, let's look at that. Chapter 2 and verse 2 of Malachi says, If you will not hear and if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. So when the Israelites, when the priests, when the Levites were not tithing and not offering and not obeying God, God said that he would send a curse on them. And we looked at them a couple weeks ago in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I read a big portion of that chapter at that time. And I went back, I won't do that today for time's sake, but I went back and looked at that chapter and there are 71 curses in that chapter. That's a lot of disobedience. That's a lot of things that God told them to obey. And yet, you know, God forewarned them. In fact, let's go back and look specifically about curses that would happen if they did not tithe and they did not give offerings unto the Lord. So hold your finger in Malachi. We'll be back. But go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 14. And let's read 22 to 29. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. 
And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of thy corn and of thy wine and of thine oil and of thy firstlings and of thy herds and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. And if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then thou shalt turn it into money, and bind it upon the money in thine hand, and shall go into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatsoever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice thou in thine household. And the Levite that is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. At the end of three years thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase the same year, and shalt lay it up within thy gates. And the Levite, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow which are within thy gates shall come and shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand which thou doest. So the Lord specifically gave them a commandment to tithe of the first fruits that they had. And the Levites and the priests lively depended upon those tithes and those offerings. Now turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 26. And let's read 12 through 15. Deuteronomy 26, starting in verse 12, says, When thou hast made an end of tithing, all the tithes of thine increase the third year, which is the year of tithing, and has given it unto the Levite, the stranger and the fatherless, and the widow, and that they may eat within the gates and be filled. Then they shall say before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of mine house, and have also given them unto the Levite, and to the stranger, and to the fatherless, and to the widow, according to all thy commandments which thou hast commanded me. I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten them. I have not eaten thereof in my mourning, neither have I taken away aught therefore for any unclean use, nor given aught therefore for the dead. But I have hearkened to the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that thou hast commanded me. Look down from thy holy habitation from heaven, and bless the people of Israel, and the land which thou hast given us, as thou swearest unto our fathers, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And so, as the the people of God would give their tithes and offerings unto the Lord, the Levites, the strangers, the widows, the people that were poor at that point, would, would partake of these tithes and these offerings. It would sustain them. And not only that, God set that up for the society to take care of itself, but also when God said, when you do this, I will bless you. And so we see all through the Old Testament the importance of tithes and offerings. And yet in Malachi, the priests and the Levites and the people 
were in disarray and the tithes and offerings were not being presented and so the people were not being blessed from the Lord. There was different types of offerings and tithes in the Old Testament. And just to kind of give you a, a short review of that, there was the offering of the first fruits, and we see that in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 1 through 4. A tenth of what remained after those first fruits was to be given to the Levites. And Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. Now the Levites were supposed to take a tenth of that and give to the priest. We see that in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 18. And we've already read that after every that at every third year a tithe was offered to help also feed the poor and the widows and the fatherless in the land. So God used the tithes and the offerings to support the priest, the Levites, and even the poor. But what was taking place in Malachi, in Malachi was the fact that the, the offerings and the tithes were not being given. The Levites and the priests could not sustain what they needed to do to serve the Lord. And in fact, the priests were not tithing. And so things were in a mess. As a result, God wasn't blessing Israel with their crops and the things that they did. And so things was in a, in, really in a mess. So back to Malachi. God says a lot like He told Cain back in Genesis... If you, do, if you go and get the right sacrifice, it will be well. Again, he tells them in the book of Malachi, Old Testament, last book in the Old Testament, if you just do the offerings and the tithes, it will be well with you. And yet, they are given to the Lord. The priest, I, There's no doubt that the priests and the Levites and the people were not giving, but they were not giving what God had required. And so in verse 10 of Malachi chapter 3, he says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Again, meat, that, the food that they needed. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So God is telling them, He goes, just prove me out. Please, please do this. Prove me out to see if I will not bless you. And He talks about windows in heaven. And again, that's an interesting study to look at. So we're going to look at that for just a little bit. Again, uh, keep your place in Malachi and let's go back to Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 7. And verse 11. Genesis seven eleven. Now in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great broken up, and what does it say? And the windows of heaven were open. 
And then verse 12 says, And the rain... And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So we know the story with Noah where God opened the windows of heaven and allowed the water to flush in, to flood, flood, the, the, uh, to flood the earth. But uh, there, there's more places in, in the Bible that talk about windows and heaven. So go ahead and turn over in your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 6. Now I know uh, many of you know this story in the Old Testament about a famine that was taking place in Israel. In fact, this start in chapter 6 verse 25. And it says, And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of doves dung for pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing upon the wall, there cried a woman to him, saying, Help! My, help my Lord, O King. So there is a famine going on in the land. They are being besieged by the kings of, of Syria. And they're all, uh, they're all basically quarantined, if you might say, in a specific spot because they, there is an army surrounding them. Okay? And they are running out of food. And so we, we probably have seen this story before. But uh, let's go down to chapter 7 and verses 1 and 2 and pick up the story. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Again, Elisha is a prophet. He is the messenger of the Lord. And he says, Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord... Now, if you notice the spelling of this word, Lord, it's capital... I mean, it's a small l... O-R-D. So we're not talking about God in any sense. We're talking about a person here, just someone that has somewhat of a title, someone who's in charge of something. So it says here, um, then a lord on whose hand the king leaned, so a, a counselor to the king, answered, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord, all caps, would make windows in heaven, might this thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it. So Elisha says, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And the reason is, we're going to find out, is because this guy is really mocking the Lord. He's really mocking Elisha here, saying, Oh, if this were true, then it would be great. But basically, not putting any trust in the Lord God of heaven. And so we know the story. There are some some lepers that are there, and yet they decide that you know they have nothing to lose. So they go outside of the gate of the city. And in fact, God had sent uh, an angel that destroyed the army of Syria, and so all of the, the 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 food and all of the things that this army had had with them is just lying out outside of the city. And just lying there for anyone to come and get it. So these, there are three lepers, or I'm sorry, four lepers in this story. And they go out to see if maybe these people would give them some food. And yet they find that there's no people there. They're all dead, but yet all their substance is there. And they go back and tell the king. 
So let's pick up the story in chapter 7 and verse 15. And these four lepers, they went... Uh, I'm sorry, and the king sent out some men, and they went after them into Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord, small l, on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died, as the man of God had said who spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And the Lord, small l, answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord capital L, should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. So we see here in this story, there was a man that did not believe God's messenger, uh, and that messenger was Elisha, that God was going to open up the windows of heaven and, and give them substance and save them from the famine and being besieged. And he gave them a time span and this man didn't believe it. In fact, he mocked God and God approved to him that there really are windows in heaven. We've seen that two times. And so we see that same phrase, windows of heavens in Malachi. So by this point, you would think that the priest, the Levites, and even the people of God here in Malachi would have already known that history and already have learned from those people's mistakes, specifically this man that died because of his unbelief and put their trust in the Lord and do what was right. Because God wanted to bless them. There are windows in heaven. And yet even today, God has windows in heaven that He can bless us through. He'll just open up the window and bless us if we're being obedient to Him. That's the key. That's what the people in Malachi was not learning. They were not being obedient to God and God could not bless them because of what his word was to them. Okay. So so God actually told them, you're robbing me when you don't pay your tithes and your offerings. You're cursed, you will be blessed, and you will not prosper. Now, this is all Old Testament. How does this, or can this, apply to us today? You know, we're 2,000 years past Malachi. And so if you're sitting here and we're thinking, well, you know, we're not under the law, we're not Jewish, it doesn't apply. Well, not so quick. Not so quick. Because tithing in the Bible, giving offerings unto the Lord, started before the law was given. In fact, it starts way back with Abraham 
in, in Genesis chapter 14. So let's go ahead and turn back to Genesis 14. I know that most of you are from Missouri and you're just not going to take my word for it. So we're going to actually look at it in the Bible. Genesis 14, verses 18 through 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, uh, and I'm going to stop right there. So basically what's going on in this story, Lot and his family had been carried away, and Abraham went after them, uh, received Lot back, received what had been taken away by these kings of Babylon, and basically Abram brings the spoils back, and he gives a tenth of those spoils to Melchizedek. Now, we saw last week that Melchizedek also shows up that we see him in Hebrews chapter 7 because he is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and uh, that Old Testament uh, covenant that they had with in the Old Testament under Melchizedek is a type of Christ in the New Testament and the New Covenant that Christ will make when he reappears. So there is a connection between the tithes then and the offerings in the Old Testament with the priest Melchizedek, with today tithes and offerings with our Lord and our high priest, Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So there is a connection there. But let's keep going. Turn over to Genesis chapter 28. In Genesis 28, we're going to see that Jacob also vowed to give the Lord a tithe. So let's look at verses 20 through 22. And Jacob was was at this point running away from uh, Esau. And verse 20 says, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and I will and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So Jacob also says that if God would just bless him and bring him back to his father's house, that he would give a tenth of what he was given unto the Lord. So turn over to Exodus chapter 16. In Exodus chapter 16, let's read verses 32 to 36. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it, and be uh, fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations, that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. So this is taking place in the wilderness while God fed His people with manna, and God tells Moses to fill an omer of manna and keep it 
for a witness. Verse 33. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited, and they did eat manna. Can you imagine eating the same thing for forty years? You know, I know somebody that takes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to work for them every day. And I think, my goodness, that that gets old. I do that, but not every day. Forty years in the wilderness eating manna that God had provided for them. He says for them to keep, and uh, again, what was the amount? It's a omer. Well, let's keep reading. So, verse 34, As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came into the borders of the land of Canaan. Now an omer, and it's just by the way, and an omer is the tenth part of an ephah. Now, this doesn't directly you know, come in and say this is an offering, but the Lord says, lay up a tenth of a bushel of manna to be a witness. So we see in the Old Testament with giving and tithes and remembrances that tent, a tenth keeps popping up. There's just something about a tenth in the Bible. And you might say, okay, well, that's fine. Again, that's Old Testament. What's that got to do with us? Well, I'm glad you asked this morning. So turn over in the New Testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll see if we can tie this or if it will apply to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 6 and 7 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Okay? So, keep your finger here, and let's turn over to Luke. Because we're going to be right back in 2 Corinthians. Let's look at Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure shall ye meet with all it shall be measured to you again. Okay, so we know again that's 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 even uh, during when Christ was here. That verse uh, kind of gives some more shed some more light into tithing and offering today. But then then go back to Second Corinthians where we were just a minute ago in chapter nine, and let's read verse eight. We left off at verse 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things 
Why? May abound to every good work. Okay? The Lord will give us what we need to accomplish what He has given us a task to do. But, oh, there's a but in there again. So, But we need to be obedient to Him in the process. You know, Discipleship D1 tells us that everything we have really is God's, even our life. We belong to the Lord. And yet, when the Bible tells us, and we've, we've seen that when we give to God, God blesses. He blessed the people in the Old Testament when they gave to God. And yet, He blesses us when we give to God. We need to get... Let's go back and look at this verse again in chapter 9. Let's read these uh, verses from 6 to 9 together here. It says, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So we don't use that word bountifully a lot. You know, we would say maybe abundantly. So he says we need to give uh, abundantly. Verse 7, every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly. So we need to give not grudgingly, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So we need to give grudging, not grudgingly, but cheerfully and abundantly. Okay? You know, I uh, yesterday, Mike Pence, you know, the vice president, uh, urged Americans to give, to tithe to their local churches. I like that man more and more. Every time I see him or I I hear him speak, I am impressed. And so, you know, we might be with everything going on in our life right now, we might, you know, we don't want to forget giving our offerings and our tithes to the Lord. Not only because we need it to continue the work of the Lord here, but because when we have that obedient attitude and when we give obediently, God is going to continue to bless us. I know that we live in scary times, but it's not God still God. And it's not God still good to us. And when we realize that everything we have is God's, including our own bodies... He will provide what we need to accomplish what He wants us to do. He will provide what we need to accomplish the mission. He's given us the mission. He will give us what we need. Okay. So the last place I want to go this morning is over to Philippians chapter 4. Now Philippians is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I hope it's one of yours. I know Pastor Randy is thinking about going through Philippians here in the near future. Uh, But that can change like everything else. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. Now there's a verse in this chapter that many of us know. Many of us can quote. Many of us live by this verse. But let's let's give me a little leeway today to uh, uh, shed some more light upon on that verse by reading a little more of the chapter. In fact, let's start in verse 4 and continue to read down to that verse in, in chapter 19. So Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord. What's it say? Always. You know, not, not just the good times, but the bad times. 
Not just the times that everything is rosy, but the times things are kind of cloudy. When things are not going so well. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Again, a fantastic verse. You know, the Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. So verse 6 tells us, be careful for nothing. Bring everything before God in prayer. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which is, you know, the world right now doesn't have a lot of peace, especially if they do not know peace, if they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... You know, this is, this is a good list, a good list to think on this week, okay? In fact, every week. But it says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Ties right in with 2 Timothy 2.2, a really good discipleship verse. And... The God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful that ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. But I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. That's quite a testimony for the church at Philippi. Again and again, they gave. They gave offerings unto uh, Paul and to his team to accomplish the mission, to get the gospel out, to get churches started. Verse 16 says, For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So basically he's telling the Philippians, because you have been giving offerings to me to keep God's mission going, it's going to, God's going to give that in your account. You will be blessed because of your giving. Verse 18 says, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, again a messenger, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And here's the verse that we all know. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
So Paul is telling the church at Philippi that God is going to supply all of their need while they're giving to Paul and the people around them. The context in this chapter is giving. The context of chapter 19 is that God is going to supply all our need if we're obedient to Him, if we are obedient to Him in our life, and if we're obedient to Him with our giving back to Him. And so when we quote that verse, we need to realize that for God to bless us the way that He needs, He wants to bless us, we need to be obedient to Him by giving back to Him. When we are obedient by giving and tithing cheerfully, Abundantly, He's going to supply our need. He's going to open up the windows of heaven for us. We need to learn the lessons from the book of Malachi or from the book of Second Kings with that man that didn't believe or even all the way back to Genesis where God opened the windows and, the, and the, let the rain in. God loves us. He wants to use us. He has a job for us to do. And when we're obedient to Him, He's going to give us what we need to accomplish that mission. When we're giving, it gives us an attitude, an attitude of gratitude for the Lord, and it allows Christ to use us for His purpose. The Lord wants to use all of us today to be a messenger. We've seen some messengers in the book of Malachi. And yet He wants to use you and me to be a messenger to the people around us that are hurting, the people around us that don't know what to do, maybe some people that need some food, maybe they just need somebody to tell them it's going to be okay, but more importantly, maybe these people that don't have peace don't know Christ. So He's going to use us to be the messenger to get the gospel to the people around us. So one thing that we can do these coming weeks, these coming months, is to pray that God would put people in our life that need Christ and that He would also help us to see that and that Christ would give us the words to say that they need to hear so that they can know Him as Lord and Savior. So let's take this time that we have to give it to the Lord, to share the gospel, to bring people to Him. So what can we learn from the book of Malachi? We can learn to have the right attitude, to be obeying God, to be giving, to give Him the honor and the glory. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you again today and we do thank you for your word. We thank you that it's never changing. We thank you that the promises that are there yesterday, that was there 2,000 years, that was there 4,000, 6,000 years ago, are still there today. 
and that you will fulfill every one of them. And Lord, that you want to bless us by our obedience to you. So I pray that that we would take that to heart and that we would uh, put that in our life and, and use it and do it this week. I pray that you'd guide us this week, help us to be a witness for you and a blessing to the people around us. And in Christ's name, amen. So all you people that are listening online, uh, uh, make sure you listen to Brian in, in a few minutes. And we will try to keep you informed of things that change here, of events taking place uh, next weekend, of, of what church services might be taking place. So we will be posting that, maybe contacting you. And if you have any questions, you can contact me back. Uh, contact Randy, contact Brian, but we want to stay in touch with everyone. We want to meet people's needs, and we want you to realize that uh, this is an opportunity for us to shine for Christ. And so, we'll just end it there, and we will be staying in touch with everyone.